Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast. My name is Avid Kahl, and I talk about how you can start, run, and sell a bootstrap business. This episode is called Churn, Retention, and Revenue. What makes customers stick around and why that's important. So let's go. Retaining a customer is easier than finding a new one. You already have an open communication channel with them. They're already interested in hearing from you. You also know their behavior patterns and you can infer how much and how effectively they use your product from your metrics. On average, a 5% increase in customer retention leads to a 25 to 95 increase in profits. So keeping customers retained sounds like a great way to keep your business on the right track. If it can impact revenue so significantly, it's definitely worth your time to build a company that focuses on customer retention. So how can you make sure the customer sticks around? What are the goals that you should have to make sure that there are as few people as possible ever to cancel their subscriptions? You learn how to focus on the preventable churn and how to keep those customers around today. You'll see which kinds of churn are dangerous and which can actually be beneficial to the bottom line of your business. So why does retention have such a striking effect on revenue? The obvious goal is to continuously provide customers with a valuable product throughout the whole journey. The moment your product does not solve the problem anymore, they will find another solution. So to prevent them from leaving you for a competitor, you need to solve their problem for them consistently and perpetually. Existing customers get used to the value you deliver. In fact, they start expecting it. That makes them appreciate new features and start complaining when the product doesn't keep up with their critical problem. For as long as you do that, you have a long-term relationship and an ongoing sale. After all, it's so much easier to sell to a customer you already have. The chance of selling to an existing customer is 60 to 70%, whereas a new prospect only buys 5 to 20% of the time, according to marketing metrics. So you're looking at three to eight times as high a chance to profit from an existing customer you'll really want people to stay. But sometimes your customers will quit. This can happen for many reasons and only a few are actually in your control. Generally, there's voluntary churn when a customer terminates the subscription, for example, and involuntary churn when a subscription is terminated due to a lack of funds, for example. Some kinds of churn are preventable and sometimes a customer leaving is not the end of your relationship. Let's talk about reactivation and how to talk to churned customers and not mess up. To get such a customer to come back to your product, you can employ reactivation strategies. After customers have quit, an automated email offering them a free month or discount can be dispatched that will allow you to reconnect with undecided customers. Often a conversation with those churned customers will be very enlightening as it will surface reasons for churn that are still fresh in the minds of your customers. Mainly in the beginning, reaching out manually will be extremely fruitful to find and resolve these issues that motivates customers to leave. In some cases, you might get customers to return to the product by reaching out. Don't force it though. You don't want them to vent their frustration with your forceful attempts at getting them back to their peers, right? Because these peers are likely potential customers. Don't want to scare them away. Respect the choices your customers make. And even though the paid part of the relationship is over, they will continue to talk positively about your product. 
A business relationship is never really terminated. And if you rely on word of mouth for your marketing, you want all of your customers to feel valued and respected. We had them with a lot of feedback from the customers too, that they would pretty much stop teaching or at least stop teaching enough to warrant using our product, but they would still talk about it very positively to the peers that they still had in the community or to new people that they may have recruited even into the business of teaching English online. So don't ever risk this kind of positive aftershock of being in the relationship with the customer. If you risk this just for making a couple cheap bucks, it will destroy your brand. And the brand is something that lives way beyond the relationship with a single customer. Let's talk about payment churn and how to recover failed charges. Payment related churn exists. Credit cards expire every few years. So unless you're using a payment provider that automatically updates credit cards through the credit network like Stripe would do, you will eventually attempt to charge an expired card. When that happens, you can either integrate a recovery solution like Profit Will Retain or Biometrics Recover. These kind of Dunning solutions reach out to your customers, prompting them to update their credit card information right after the failed charge occurs. They are, however, not completely customizable. If you're a non-US company, you might run into block charges due to your geographical location. And we did have this problem at Feedback Panda quite a bit because we were a German business trying to sell to North American customers. Um, talked about this in a, another episode of the podcast. And we implemented a custom messaging system that would tell our customers how to get their bank to unblock the card. And doing this will eliminate a large percentage of this involuntary churn. It definitely did for us. There is also surprising kinds of churn. And I'm going to talk about three of them. Empowerment churn, temporary churn, and welcome churn because not all churn is created equal. Companies go out of business or they pivot into different fields. A company canceling their subscription with you might just be trying to tie up loose ends and or stop operating altogether. This happens particularly often in the freelancing world where people stop their freelance work to take a full-time job or they found a business or something like this. You might even be seeing a consequence of how much value you've been providing when somebody churns. Your tool, your service might have enabled somebody so much that they are now moving up market and taking a wholly new and higher paying job. If you set out to help and lift up your customers, this might be a bittersweet sign of the real impact of the business. And we had that at Feedback Panda. It was one of the most elating feelings that I ever had to see somebody cancel, reach out to them and ask why. And they told me that they just had been able to find a higher paying, steady, full-time position where before they were scraping by with all these kind of jobs that they had to do on the side, like three, four online jobs just to make some money. But using Feedback Panda allowed them to first teach more English online, turning this into a stable occupation for a while, then continuing to improve their schedule, getting more and more kids to take lessons with them, making more money and having the stability to actually look for an even more stable job and then take it. So by offering our service to this person, we elevated their the potential that they had to the point where they could find another thing that would get them even further. 
we helped them stabilizing the financials of the whole family to a point where they could find a new job that was much better than what they did before. And that was an amazing feeling just to be able to lift up this one person was worth doing all of this, the whole business. At least that's how I felt then. Then more and more of these stories happened and it I felt like, oh great, we're actually having a meaningful input or Im impact for a lot of people and their lives. And it was awesome. So that is this kind of bittersweet sign of seeing them go because at that point, I didn't care about the 10 bucks a month that this person would not be paying any longer. I was just thinking of a whole family actually enjoying a better life. And that's definitely worth a little bit of churn. Some churn is also temporary. So let's talk about temporary churn. At Feedback Panda, we had a, almost all of our customers were female and many of them were young mothers. Inevitably, they would go on maternity leave, right? And they would want to pause their subscriptions for as long as they were not going to work. So offering some sort of pause and pick up where you left off solution was a clear path for us. And something similar might work if your business is in a similar niche with expectable temporary periods of non-use. Doesn't mean they're gone. It just means that they're gone for now. And then we talk about the third kind of churn. Because some churn is also welcome. Imagine you have customers who continuously complain or request features you're not willing to accommodate as they don't fit into your vision. As Seth Godin says, these people are not the audience for your art. You shouldn't force a relationship with them just to get some money. Be happy to let them go and invite the people who like what you do to become your customers instead. They will amplify your voice in their communities. They will rave about the product that you built instead. Toxic customers should be encouraged to churn. Do it nicely in a friendly fashion, but make sure you don't bend your product to accommodate needs that you're not aligned with. Customers with short-term needs also don't hurt you when they churn. In the membership economy, you're looking to build long-term relationships. You want a customer lifetime value that is significant as you invest a lot of time and money into acquiring the right customers. So if a customer jumps ship almost immediately after subscribing and you're sure they made this choice because they don't need your product after using it for a bit, don't worry. Their customer segment is not relevant to your long-term success and catering to their needs might lead the product astray from being as valuable as possible for your more important customers. Let's talk about something that is very important when it comes to retention, and that is value nurturing. Farm, don't hunt. There's also something you can do to prevent churn before it happens, and that's called value nurturing. It's about showing the customer the value they're receiving from your product while they're using it. Show them how much time using your product has saved them this week. Slack, for example, sends out an aggregate statistic email every week, making it clear how much using their tool impacts your teams. Find something that reminds your customers of why your product is great and make sure you periodically visualize this to your customers. There's a book, Firm Don't Hunt, on, and you can find that on the Bootstrappers bookshelf on my blog by Guy Nepas, and that describes the concept of value nurturing in great detail. If you want to work on showing your customers how much value they provide or how much value you provide and they receive, it will give you many great insights into actionable ideas. Value nurturing also has an engagement and education component. 
for example, regularly talking to your customers will help keep your product on their minds, right? Sending out a newsletter every week with news from the industry, a few tips on how to use your product more efficiently and sharing a couple of interesting articles will contribute to a lot to customer retention. Your brand will be elevated from a product provider to a trusted source of information. And when it comes to canceling a subscription, it's much easier to cancel something that is solely providing a tool when you need it compared to a membership in the community that regularly keeps you educated and informed. You want to be part of the tribe, right? You want to be, you want to do two things, essentially. You want to be one of the products that people cancel last because there's some sort of attachment, either functional because they really need it or emotional because they really want it. And you want to be part of the most likely already pre-existing tribal structure of the community that you're serving. So try in your value nurturing to get into both of these kind of perspectives. Make it something that people really like and enjoy and make it something that is part of the tribe they belong to. Let's talk about one more thing when it, that really helps with retention. That's encouraging annual plans, fostering commitment. Because a great way to prevent churn is by making the billing cycles longer. If you can churn 12 times per year, the chances are higher than if only if you only have one payment, right? If it's only one chance at churning. It's also a highly psychological issue. Annual plans are usually discounted more and therefore non-refundable. At least that's what we did. Purchasing such a plan will make your customers want to get value from the subscription immediately and as fast and long as possible. So there's a sense of commitment of to spending a year's worth of money on a single purchase. When you have to, well, you have to provide the same value you would provide to monthly subscribers, your annual subscribers will feel a stronger commitment to your product and their choice to use it. And note that the discounted plan or an incentivized early renewal option will cut into your profits a bit. Whenever possible, offset that with expansion revenue by selling upgrades or one-time products to your customers when there's a chance, or price the yearly plan at sustainable levels and charge a premium to your monthly subscribers. That also works. The important part is to offer an annual plan. This kind of commitment is very important, both for the psychological effects for your customers, but also for your financial bottom line. Getting 12 payments ahead of time, instead of having them trickle in over the next 12 months, can make a difference in if you can hire somebody to help you go to business or if you cannot. So having annual plans is usually a very good idea for subscription-based um, yeah, service. So what can you do? There are a few things you can do immediately that will build customer confidence and trust in the future of your business and your product. So we're going to talk about uh, three things here. The first thing is customer feedback tools and public roadmaps. Ask your customers methodically. Using a tool like candy.io allows your customers to suggest features and vote for the ones they find most relevant. It will enable you to figure out which issues are common and generate a product roadmap from there. Sharing that roadmap will then show your customers where the journey is going. For some, this will be enough to commit to a long-term relationship. Others will give you valuable insight into their specific needs and requirements. I know that there are businesses for which this is not a good idea because you're pretty much giving away all your secrets if you publish a public roadmap. However, you will always have competition. 
in some way. Competition might be competitors trying to do the same thing you're doing. It might be people using Excel and Word, just using competitive alternatives, because for them, this stuff is free, so they might just as well use it. There will always be somebody else doing what you're doing. But it's not about being the only one and having the secrets. Your secret is your community. Your secret are your customers and the kind of bond that you form with them, the relationships that you build. So be public about where the journey is going. There's a lot that is very positive about being somewhat transparent. You don't have to be completely transparent. You can keep things back. You don't have to share every single detail. But telling people about the projections, the plans, where stuff is going, is a very important part to enabling them to actually commit based on the information they receive. So it is a really, really good idea. We had us quite a bit with our customers. A lot of people would reach out and talk to us and ask when things would be coming. And we would share this information with them and they would carry it into the social networks that they worked in. Often we would see people posting about something on Facebook only for somebody to respond. Oh, yeah, this is, this is on the menu. This is somewhere going to happen uh, within the next three to four months. And it did because we would keep our promises, but people would help communicate this kind of stuff. I'm kind of making it less of a burden on our customer service because if the community talks about this, we don't have to. So that is really, really helpful. Public roadmaps, it doesn't have to be formal. You don't have to like actually build a roadmap. Just communicating where things are going every now and then, that is already more commitment than most companies are doing. And it will leave a very positive impression of your business and your transparency in the minds of your customers. The second thing I want to talk about what you could do is to intensify your onboarding and to find the magical moment sooner. Potential long-term customers that churn quickly after adopting a product are your most significant loss in terms of unrealized customer lifetime value. Making sure as many new customers stick around during the trial and after subscribing, of course, will significantly impact your bottom line. Spend some time to find out which metric can be used to find out if a customer will stick around or not, and then optimize your onboarding to get your customers to that point as quickly as you can. For Feedback Panda, that metric was writing and using your first feedback template. Because our system, our whole software was essentially a templating system. So getting to that template and using it to generate text was the magic moment. Users who had created their own templates and generated feedback with them were almost guaranteed to stick around and convert it to paying customers. So we focused our efforts on getting the user to that magical moment when the aha effect kicked in. We wanted them to experience this as soon as possible. And once they did, they got it. And we got them as our customers. The third thing I want to offer as a thing you could potentially do is just to thank your customers. Sometimes a thank you note can make a difference. Particularly at the beginning of your business when you're struggling for survival, take the time to reach out to every single customer and just say thank you. Thank them for being part of your journey. Thank them for making it possible for you to help them. Be grateful. Send them a handwritten postcard if you can. This is particularly powerful when you're selling to a tight-knit community. Seemingly random acts of kindness particularly when they're not aped at creating a viral sensation, but just because you want to say thank you will make a difference. And your customers will feel valued and respected. So as you can see, most customer retention strategies are focused on showing your customers that they are not just an account number with a credit card attached. Give your customers the feeling that you value them as people 
as humans, and they will make sure to repay the favor. Make them feel comfortable and appreciated, and they will stick around. So that's the article. And I cannot stress enough how important it is to understand that churn, which is a very kind of cold number, it's a percentage, it's just a effect of your business, is incredibly related to how you treat your customers. It's not necessarily only the product that you create and how good that is, like how many features you have, how much market share you got, like all these things, they don't really matter. Every single month, every single of your customers is making a choice. They see your the charge for your business on their credit cards and they choose to not stop subscribing. It is incredibly important to understand that in this kind of long-term relationship with your customer, they have a lot of options and they have a lot of moments when they can choose not to choose you anymore. Yet, they still do if you treat them like people. I think that there's this whole saying that there used to be a a transaction was over when somebody left the store, right? They would come in, they would buy the thing, they would give you money, you would give them the thing and they would be out and the transaction was over. When people come to you and your SaaS, your subscription-based business, the transaction doesn't even start right? That it doesn't even start until 30 days later when the trial is over and they start committing to an actual transaction. And it's not just one transaction, it's an ongoing transaction every single month. So the relationship starts the moment they appear in front of your door and it ends never. It's very important to understand that it never ends and it may go cold when they stop subscribing, but even then the relationship isn't over. We realized this quite early because we had people who canceled their subscription because for some reason or another they stopped teaching because our customers all being teachers meant that some would eventually find a different job or even as teachers would stop actively teaching and just recruit more teachers. The Chinese online English teaching companies that our customers worked for had a very interesting referral system that if you really spent the time, you could be able to make a couple thousand dollars a month just from referring other people like you to be teachers for the platform. So some teachers that started out using our product became these kind of multiplicators, kind of uh, referral-only teachers. But even though they didn't use a product anymore, they were the ones guiding new teachers into their jobs. So they would talk to 40, 50 new teachers every single month, each one of them, and tell them, what they would need to do the teaching. Get a webcam, get a software to add little funny animals to your video stream, and then for feedback, well, it really depended, right? If they were teachers that had used our product before and they had a good experience and they had an easy way out because they don't use it anymore, but they still have a good relationship with us, they would recommend Feedback Panda. If they were people who had never used a product before, they might still recommend Feedback Panda because they've heard other teachers using it. But the only person that would never recommend it would be a teacher that had a bad experience with a product. So it is incredibly important that even if people churn, you treat them like customers still. The effect of a bad experience when 
unsubscribing from a system and unsubscribing from a service can have tremendous consequences for your business if you don't take care of treating these people in a very positive way, particularly in niche communities that have a strong tribal structure. And many communities have that because if you are solving a really critical problem for a small enough and large enough audience, which I suggest, then you will end up in a fairly small niche in some way. It might be a lot of people, but it will be a lot of people that exhibit very similar characteristics. So these people will be in contact with each other. They will talk to each other. They will give each other helpful tips and what to avoid. You do not want to be the thing that people tell each other to avoid. So make sure that every customer you meet, no matter how obnoxious they are, and the thing is, in most situations when you talk to customers, it's either when they're confused or new. So when they're new, they're just new customers, but when they're confused, something didn't work in your system. So there's always some level of stress. People just don't talk to you because it's it's a possibility. They have a reason when they reach out. So in all your customer service interactions, in all your onboarding interactions, treat people as people, as peers, as people you want to help, people you want to empower, people you want to lift up. That translates into retention and retention is one of the most important factors for a subscription-based business. I think it's absolutely important to have a strategy for when things go wrong, for when you're running into trouble with your business, um, to communicate that clearly to your customers as well. Because let's just say you have a have some sort of downtime, some sort of service, like your database provider, or your just database crashed and you need like 30 minutes to get it back up. Your application kind of works still, it just doesn't display data, and you have a couple hundred customers, and they start reaching out. We had that a couple times, and I always prepared a message that was insightful and told them that we were on it, that we were acting, and that we would let them know if things were back, and if they weren't, how long it would take. And people would start reach out, reaching out to me, and I would give them that kind of response and they would be grateful. That's the thing. Like you would expect these people to be super annoyed at the fact that they couldn't use the service for 30 minutes. But the moment you told them you were on it, it was a problem. You apologized and you owned up to it. They were fine. They even started multiplying this message into the social media. We had a lot of opportunities um, when, in the beginning at least, when something failed to just check how that worked. It was really insightful, really interesting to watch. Like we would give a couple of people a response like this, which is essentially a copy and paste kind of thing, right? I would write it out and I would copy and paste it into all conversations with our customers. And we would see a couple minutes into this, it ending up in the Facebook groups, just as a post or as a response to other people having the same kind of problem. And it would multiply from there. It's again, a kind of evangelism, like a tech support evangelism in a way that people will do for you if you treat them as valued customers. So that is the pinnacle of communication is to treat customers as valued members of a community, not just as the numerical end of a transaction. If you do this, you'll have great retention. You have a great brand. And people will talk about you positively, recommend you, and that's what you need to grow as a bootstrap business. Thank you for listening to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast today. You can find me on Twitter at Avid Kahl, A-R-V-I-D-E-K-E-H-L. 
And you can check out the blog at thebootstrapfounder.com. If you want to support me and the Bootstrap Founder podcast, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and wherever you subscribe to the podcast. It will help other founders and founders-to-be to find the podcast and learn more about starting, running, and selling their bootstrap businesses. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.